going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the thediscipleproject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Emotion podcast. Glad to be with you today. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a great church service this weekend. I have had several great weekends in a row as I have been filling in doing children's ministry. Now listen, I've, I've, children's ministry is not my forte, but what I have enjoyed about it is working with teenagers to help make it happen. There's three students that help me, and I tell you what, they are doing a fantastic job. They're just killing it every week, and these are two uh, junior high girls and one high school guy, and each of them, we go over the material and say, okay, what are you going to do this week? What are you going to do this week? It really is just a awesome thing to watch. I mean, they really get kids involved they do their lesson right they take things seriously and uh and these kids grew up in this children's ministry so that i think that's why they uh, are highly invested in it and so they want to see it done well i have to give them very little instructions and they know exactly what to do and when to do it and i i can't recommend it enough that uh if you have an opportunity to fill in for children's ministry even for a short period of time and get some students to help you I think it is worth your time because uh, what it has allowed me to do is they get to see me in a different context, working with a different group, age group of kids, and I, you know, I get to help them get on mission uh, and do ministry, and they kind of get to see how I do that. I've only been there now about uh, two and a half months, something like that, and so it's allowing me uh, an opportunity to invest in them in a very different way than Wednesday night or Sunday school or things like that, and so it becomes a really, really cool deal for me. Listen, if you're a guest today, if this is your first time listening, I want to welcome you in. Thank you uh, for listening to the show. Uh, We currently have a little contest going uh, that if you enjoy the show today, uh, you can go over to iTunes and leave a review, five-star review, and uh, leave a little uh, review there, a little comment on uh, why you like the show. And you'll be entered into a contest that I have going to win a $25 Amazon gift card. You can head over there now. I'll leave a link down in the show notes, and uh, you can get in on the winning. I'm going to be announcing the winner in two weeks, so do not delay. Jump over there right now and get in the drawing, and I will announce it in two weeks on the show. Before we jump into the show and where we're talking about rebuilding your declining youth ministry, this is part three of a four-part series. So if you've not listened to the first two episodes, you don't have to listen to those two before you get to this, but but they will help you build a good foundation in the process of rebuilding. This episode is brought to you today by a brand new resource called My Monthly Mentor. Listen, do you find it hard to get out to network meetings where you can find inspiration, education on the latest youth ministry tactics and strategies, and more importantly, fellowship with other youth pastors? Listen, I've created my monthly mentor for those seeking not only community, but coaching. Getting individual coaching usually comes at a premium, but my monthly mentor is an affordable alternative. My monthly mentor happens on the third Tuesday of every month from 11 to 12 Central Standard Time. And my monthly mentor is basically as a gym. It's a gym for you to work out your programs, your plans, and even your feelings. The first session begins April 19. And if you purchase a entire year, you're going to get a free month for free. So for the price of a monthly streaming service, you can get the answers to your questions and help rebuild your declining youth ministry or to simply address some things that are going on. You say, look, I just need a little help. I need a little push. I need a little motivation. And that is what I'm here to help you to do. There'll be a link down in the show notes. Check it out for yourself. 
All right, so let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. And uh, if you're a youth pastor working hard to keep your youth ministry afloat, I feel for you. But I feel like you're still working too hard. You're working hard physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Physically, you're working too hard because maybe you're doing all the setup. You're doing all the planning. You're, you're, you're carrying a, a heavier load of things that maybe you should be passing off to others. You're working harder mentally because you're working hard in the lab of your brain that seems to never shut down. And you're always thinking about the next greatest idea and the next greatest thing. And you're keeping these to yourself versus sharing them with other people to help you. You're working too hard emotionally because inside you are carrying around all the emotion of this and you have this kind of Elisha syndrome where you say, look, I am the only one who cares about this thing, trying to get it done. And listen, you're also working too hard spiritually. You've been carrying the burden uh, that you have to get all the results. You have to make it happen, whether that's because your pastor says you have to make it happen or you're telling yourself you have to make it happen. And once again, it is a burden that you are holding on yourself and and saying that you have to get it bigger and better and you have to transform everything. And that's usually not a good place for the youth pastor to be. It's not a great headspace to be in. And that brings us to the third step in rebuilding your declining youth ministry. And that is restructuring the youth ministry to where you are not working alone and you are not bearing all the burden. You say, Paul, but I have a team of people helping me. Well, then why aren't you leaning on them more? Why aren't you sharing the burden more? Why aren't you spreading out the responsibilities more? You can have a team of people and still be doing all the work yourself because you don't want to inconvenience others. If your youth ministry is in decline, everyone in your church, from the pastor to the janitor, has to have skin in the game. Youth ministry decline isn't a youth pastor problem, it's a church problem. According to author G. Richard Shell, you will need all your resources, your budget, and information to leverage the rock of decline into a rock that is moving and gaining momentum. So let's break this down then into the three parts there. Resources. Regardless of the size of your church, you have way more resources than you know. Your current students are a resource. Even if they are in private school or Christian school, which is the situation I'm in now, I have three students who go to public school out of the you know eight to 10 that come, you know, but they're all in the same boat. This is their youth ministry. And I appeal to all of them, not through guilt or shame, but through patience, empathy, and sharing the responsibility. We have to want to make the program the best it can be so it can make it so we can make it worthy of inviting others. Your facilities are a resource. How can you turn your youth space into more than a twice a week venue to a few students? Maybe you could offer after school tutoring or run an after school club for middle school students. Maybe you could open up your youth space for Uh, other youth clubs in the area or for your local high schools or middle schools. Maybe you could start a recovery group for teens using Celebrate Recovery or something like that. If you have a decent amount of property, start a summer camp program for teens or teach camping skills. Offer the local Boy Scouts a place to do campfires. Start a wilderness program where you take underprivileged students camping. How does this benefit your youth ministry? Well, some of it won't, not directly, 
but your church's name will be in the mouth of your community more than it is, and someone who's been on your property might recommend your church to somebody else. The more you open your facilities to students, parents, or the community at large, the more opportunities the community gets to see what you have in a youth program. Now listen, here's another resource. Your vehicles are a resource. If you have a bus or van, offer to help shuttle sports team to the next game or take seniors to the grocery store. Yeah, I know that this would be an insurance issue, but it's funny how those issues get worked out if everyone sees stopping and reversing youth church attendance decline as a priority. Listen, you could offer to pick up students from a local apartment complex or neighborhood. I did that at one church. It worked out great. You could offer to drive students with medical conditions to their doctor's appointments. Jesus tells the story of the great banquet. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have been ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Listen, if your youth ministry is in decline, you have to change your mentality from come and see to an outreach mentality of go and get them. Let's talk about the second part here, which is budgets. Too many youth workers are asked to make bricks without straw. Whether the church is withholding funds or redirecting funds, you have to advocate that you need a decent budget to at least be competitive in your community. In my book, The Youth Ministry Playbook, I have a little budget review sheet. It's not a big thing where you can track where you are spending your money each month. It's nothing fancy, but it is a reminder that where you're spending your money has a direct impact on who you are trying to reach. Let me be direct. How much do you spend on trying to make your current kids happy? And how much do you spend on outreach to new students? How much do you spend on fellowship? And how much do you spend on evangelism? Maybe it's time to put together a plan and ask your pastor if you can present it to your board. How would you spend an extra $1,000 or an extra $5,000? You're the youth pastor and you have to advocate for your youth ministry. If you don't, well, then no one else will. Now let's look at the third and final part of this is information. Data is a powerful tool in your arsenal if you know how to use it. I mean, listen, why do you think the internet collects all your data? They want more information about you so they can sell you more things. So it's time to go on a fact-finding mission. So here you go. What do you know about the students you have? Have you ever asked your students, what would it take to get your friends here? What could we plan together that would excite you enough to invite them. Knowing what motivates your students is a powerful part of the equation. And if you don't know what rings your students' bells, well, then you're not going to find out by simply planning more things and them not showing up for them. Another question you need to ask and get some information on is what are the current trends you see in teens and families in your community? When was the last time that you talked to your mayor or the police chief about what's going on in your city? I've done ride-alongs with police officers and they showed me all the trouble spots and shared with me what they're seeing from their perspective. When was the last time you attended a council meeting in your city to hear what people's concerns are? Yeah, you're going to hear lots of complaining about potholes and garbage pickups, but you may also get insight into the lack of social services or hear that there are no activities in your town for teens. It's a great opportunity for you to step up and say, hey, we have an idea. 
When was the last time you spoke with your school's principals or teachers to find out the kinds of things students are going through? Why not invite your principal to lunch or at least send them an email asking some key questions and offer to assist them in any way you can? Another way to gather data is by asking the question, what are people saying online? You know, say what you want about Facebook, but almost every city has a what's happening in wherever group where people share what's happening in their city. There's a wealth of information as well as the opportunity to connect needs and supply. These groups are also a great place to ask questions like, how can churches do a better job of ministering to teens in our city town? And trust me, you will get some feedback. Searching your city's hashtag, whatever it may be, on TikTok or Instagram can also be a way to see what's happening in your city. If your youth ministry is in decline, sitting in your church office or at home isn't going to change anything. You have to put your resources to work, make a budget that meets real needs, and gather data that will help you create a strategy to meet the needs in your community. I love this quote by Chris Long. It says, for all the evils in the world, I think apathy is the one most dangerous. If your youth ministry is in decline, it's quite possible that it's not because of a lack of resources, a lack of budget, or a lack of information. It might be that you just don't care enough to explore all your options. Apathy is your real enemy. The church who cares the most wins. And that's it for today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope it challenged you. And if it did, I would love to hear from you. You can send me a text, 205-260-7229. Just send me a text and say, hey, good episode today. You have questions. Uh, Feel free to just shoot me a text and recommend, say, look, we'd love an episode on this. You're welcome to do so. And listen, if your youth ministry is in decline for whatever reason, Listen, don't take it personally. I know it's hard not to do that because you're in charge, but I can tell you this, your identity is not wrapped up in the size of your youth ministry. Your identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And if you've been beating yourself up for whatever reason, stop doing that. That's not gonna help anything. Start putting some of these tips into action and just start seeing where it goes. I mean, you don't know where it's gonna go, but trust the Lord. He's with you, he's for you, he's not against you. You're not, listen, nobody is ever doing the greatest job that they think they are and nobody's doing the worst job that they think they are. Everybody kind of falls right there in the middle. So don't get down on yourself. If you've not heard it from anybody else in a while, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better. And that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. All the links to all the things are down there in the show notes and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.